my name is Tony Barkowski. Uh, I'm the student pastor and men's director at C3 Church in Pickerington, Ohio. Uh, so about an hour drive, not too far. Uh, do we have anybody drive longer than an hour to get here today? Holy smokes. Jeez, why'd they pick Sandusky, I guess? A um, little bit about today is uh, we're going to talk, essentially kind of break down. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to ask a couple questions and kind of gauge, uh, call the audience, I suppose, um, as far as what, what you guys are looking for, uh, where you're at in your ministry life as far as the men's ministry. Um, you know, are you beginning? Are you in the middle? Are you trying to expand it? Uh, so we'll kind, of, we'll kind of gear that up in a minute. Um, so, is a little bit about me. Uh, I love the outdoors. I love hunting, fishing. I'm a bow hunter, uh, turkey, deer. I hunt anything but turkey and deer are my favorite. Um, turkey season is starting to gear up, and I can't sit still most of the time when I start thinking about it. Uh, I am married. Uh, my wife is in Alabama visiting her family right now. And she, we are expecting our first child in June, so I'll be a dad soon, which is cool, right? So it adds another notch on my ministry belt as far as who I get to speak to. <laughs> but uh, no, I graduated from Muskingum University uh, with a business degree a couple years ago, and then I went to ministry school after that down in Alabama at the Ramp School of Ministry it was with Karen Wheaton. It's a little bit, uh, a little bit more Pentecostal, uh, I suppose. So won't do any of that here today. We'll, uh, we'll keep it. AG, I mean PG, sorry, never mind. Um, but I, I'm excited today. I, I hope to be able to maybe share something that we've been able to be successful with and even for some, some men in this room to be able to share some things. There, there's a lot of ways to do men's ministry. There's a lot of successful methods, right? There's a lot of successful vehicles to, to uh, accomplish men's ministry. It really has to do with where you are and the men that you're dealing with. Okay? It, we, you can kind of uh, script it to be very much according to who you're ministering to. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, I, I'm gearing up right now. Uh, here in about two months, I, I started playing some semi-pro football. Uh, here recently, so I'm in training mode right now. So as I begin to sculpt this, I'm going to use a couple of different examples um, with that today. But as you know, with training, you, you begin to train uh, according to what you're trying to accomplish. Okay. So men's ministry, you're like, well, what, you know, what is, where do I start? So we're going to answer some of those questions for you today. Um, before we do, I'd like to collect any questions, uh, any anything that you have that you say, you know, I, it, if I leave here today and I know the answer to this question, then I would feel like this session was good and I would give Tony a check on his uh, Facebook page. So, so what, what questions would you say I'd like to walk away from here and if we don't answer them by the end, we'll do our best to answer them. You answer that for me, and I'll. I'll... <laughs> Same part. How about apathy? Okay. Anybody else? 
Anybody else? Can I say something that's not a question? Sure. All your questions are really the same. I've been doing men's ministry for, I don't know, 15 years, 20 years. You engage them on their level. That's the only way they're going to listen. You've got to speak the language that they're speaking. Whether it's young men or old men, tough guys or bikers or whatever. That's the key. Thank you, Mr. Ed. Anybody else? Okay. So one of the, uh, obviously, blessings about Synergy, an event like Synergy, uh, I believe the reason you're here is to allow the resources that the state of Ohio has within the AG um, to kind of be shared, if you will. So hopefully you walk away today with some relationships, some information, some, some plans and processes that you can go and imply where you are and stay connected with the people that gave it to you um, or the, you know, developed relationships with and they can help you as well you can help them in what they're doing. Uh, I would say per- probably that within this room are the answers you're looking for. If you don't hear it in the presentation today or even, you know, from, from Mr. Ed, the, the answer is probably here. But if it's not, we can probably come to that conclusion together, right? We're better together. Um, so one thing I want to do real quick is on your on your handout, the first part of it there is I want to ask the question to the group: Are you if if you are creating your men's ministry, so you're at ground level, you've not invited any men yet, you're saying, hey, we want to do a men's ministry. Pastor comes to you and says, hey, I want you to do a men's ministry. If that's you, would you raise your hand for me so I can see? Okay, okay, about uh, about thirty percent. What about uh, we started our men's ministry? Um, we're trying to build it. We're trying to we're trying to grow it. it. It's still kind of infancy, if you will, but it is started. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Okay, okay. And then the last would be uh, expanding. You're saying, hey, we've got a healthy men's ministry. It's going well, but we would look. We'd like some ideas as far as to really blow it up. Couple of us, okay. Three, four. Oh, awesome, awesome. So it sounds like the majority is definitely in the beginning, the building stage. That's cool. I, I personally, I'm a builder, construction. I love construction, uh, and even just business-wise, I love building things. I love creating. So hopefully, we'll be able to do that with you today. Um, there are a lot of good ideas, but not all of them are for you. <laughs> it's true. I, and, and you're going to hear, you know, you get in a group like this and somebody does something, you know, somebody does a, a wild game night and they get all, you know, the guys in the church together and it blows up and they have a hundred dudes show up for a wild game night and you try to do that in an inner city and like, it's just not going to work. You say wild game and people aren't sure what that means. Okay? And just, just the same, you do a rap concert in a rural area, it, it's probably not going to have the same effect as a wild game there. So you're going to hear ideas today. Uh, you're going to hear ideas in the future. Not every idea is for you. Alright? I think there's a little liberty. It liberates me as a men's minister to say, look, there may be some cool ideas. I really wish I could use this. This is cool. Uh, there's, there's some cool ideas out there. And dude, some guys are killing it. With a method that you do not need to use. So know that, that there's going to be some places and times where, hey, I, I realize you're killing it and I appreciate you're killing it and I love that you want to tell me how much you're killing it. 
But out of respect, I don't know that that's going to work for us. All right. So we'll go. Uh, we'll go to your handout real quick. So you're circling one of those, and that's kind of just to let you define yourself and where your ministry is. Where to start? You need a what. What is kind of your, your mission statement, if you will? We're, if you go back to my business background, uh, everything we do, every, every ministry we build, it needs to have a mission statement. Okay, for, for me, for our men's ministry at C3, um, it's awakening sons to know their role that God has for them. Okay, and it's, it's, that's, a, that's a deep statement because I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for being a son of God. You've got pride issues, start calling God Daddy and see what He does. I'm just telling you, we, we just did a prayer, a prayer group for the men not too long ago, and uh, that whole thing, that revelation came out, and it just, we were on our face just crying in front of Jesus. That, man, how many men need to call God Daddy? And how much more would we rely on Him? That's, sorry, that's, I'm getting, I'm getting splash over from the other day. You need to have a mission statement. With your mission statement, there has to be a why behind your mission statement. Yes, I want to awaken sons. Yes, I want, I want to challenge sons of God to, to, you know, to see their purpose and, and, to, and to get on a path where God's going to do things in their life. But why? What, you, you want to, a lot of men in this world that have that kind of hard mentality, if you can get a why that they're going for, the what's easy, right? Hey, we just want to get them to love Jesus. We want to get them saved. And, and, and that's, that's the easy part. But the why is what will energize you as a minister and your team of men to do what you're trying to do. There has to be a why. That goes along with your passion. For me, the why, why am I trying to awaken sons? Because Jesus deserves our hearts. For our ministry, that's, that's, that's our why. And look, I'm not saying you have to copy ours. Uh, if you want to take it and you want to expound on that and you want to make it yours, that's the beauty of a men's ministry. That's the beauty of God placing you in the church you are at. He didn't place me there. He placed you there. So what God's put on my heart needs to be done in Pickerington, Ohio. And what He's put on your heart needs to be done where you're at. Because there are men that God has put you there to reach. That other people are not going to be able to reach because God's put something special in you. So, yes, like I said, there's going to be some cool ideas you hear today, but they're not all for you. Take them, scale them to what you need to, and go from there. What are you passionate about? What, what, what drives you? I know personally I'm called to three things. I'm called to students, I'm called to, to men, and I'm called to fathers. Uh, the whole spiritual adoption to me, spiritual fatherhood, it just it gets something inside of me. You say, so Tony, how do you know that those th- your three are your callings? Because when I see spiritual injustice done in one of those three areas, it burns me inside more than th- other things. You know, you can get the touching story on TV and, and the the child in Africa, you know, that needs fed, and obviously that's going to grip your heart. But when I see a man not being a man of God in his family, with his wife, when it comes to his children, and that, does, that hits the man and father aspect for me, it, it burns something inside of me. So, Tony, why are you trying to awaken sons? Because Jesus deserves that man's heart. What Jesus did deserves that man's heart. So, when you start to get a why behind your what, men will start to attach themselves to that passion they see in you. So that passion needs to be very much according to you. 
If, if your what is, well, I just, I just want to see men love Jesus. That's awesome. Why? Well, I, I don't know. And, and you will struggle with finding your why. But once you find your why, it will fuel what you're going to do. I'm telling you right now, it, it will fuel your what? Men will follow a leader that knows the direction he is headed and is passionate because of the why behind his direction. A lot of people in this world have a what, but not a lot of them are passionate with their why. So next, uh, we hit the how real quick. The how is essentially the vehicle you use to get to your mission. So, uh, for instance, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the how after, after we hit the who in a second. But um, the how, that's, that's kind of where this whole, hey, there's a lot of different ideas out there and not all of them for you. You've got to find what works for you. Uh, student ministry is the same way. You've got to find out what works for your kids. You've got to find out what works for your men. You've got to find out what their, you know, what their language is. Absolutely, absolutely, Mr. Ed. That you've got to find out what they speak. And you know what? Not all of them are going to be the same. But at the same time, if God's gifted you a certain way, He wants you to attract people. Right? You've heard that before. You attract who you are. You know, your age, your, your hobbies, your passions. You attract who you are. A true father doesn't try to uh, clone himself. He just tries to, to uh, allow people to have what's the fire inside of him, allow other people to carry that. A true father doesn't, doesn't try to clone that everything that he does, everything he says, every, every way, the way he dresses, the way he acts, it doesn't have to be cloned into them. But there's, there's a why. There, there's, a, there's a reason of existence that he has that is set into other people. That way you do start to attract other people. So you begin not to attract other hunters, you begin to attract other men that are passionate about the things you're passionate about. There, there's a difference. The who, uh, real quick. So the who is kind of your target market. Uh, who, who are you trying to attract? Uh, I, personally, for me, obviously, I, I'm a little younger. I'm 28 years old. Uh, I love the outdoor. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm, I like the man's man kind of stuff. I... These are the tightest pair of jeans I'll ever like ever wear. I, I don't go tighter than this. So I, I don't necessarily attract the the real hipster kind of retro, but I've seen those kind of men be attracted to the ministry that we do because of the heart I have. So if I'm just going off of how I dress and what I do for a hobby, I'm only going to attract those men. But if I'm doing it off of a heart thing, if I'm doing it off the why of my passion is to awaken sons, a son can look a lot of different ways. Here, a son's not only a hunter, right? A son's not only a 28-year-old father that, that enjoys football and sports and outdoors. You understand what I'm saying? So you've got to kind of pick your, your target market, okay? And you're, you're not excluding others, but you're just focusing yourself. All right, if I'm looking for, so for us, uh, for us it, it, with our ministry, um, our, our target is that 18, 18 to 35. And I just put on there, they have the heart of a warrior. If you are around me for very long, I am not a, uh, a bore, uh, I feel, feel like I'm a boring person. I'm a passionate person. 
When I get on something, when I start doing something, I, I, I go at it. And I put my heart into it. So I'm looking for those people who are ready to battle. Right, so we just started. I'll talk a little bit later about this uh, prayer group. We just started with some of our guys, and uh, that group is a group of of warriors. Right, I, th- I think all men are called to be warriors, but y- you've got to <laughs> you've got to say yes to a calling on your life, and some of them are just not there yet. So when I say warrior, I say, look, I want every one of the men in my church to be a warrior, but not all of them have picked up the armor and picked up the weapon and said, hey, yes, I want to be a warrior. So when I say that, it's almost, that's my target for who I'm looking for. When I look out in the congregation, I say, hey, you know, uh, so C3, the way we do Sunday morning, I would say we're built much more for the lost. So we get a lot of people coming in that wouldn't normally darken the doors of a church. So we get a lot of young Christians and if I walk up to a young Christian, I get him to come to our prayer group, and we're speaking in tongues, and we're you know doing all this stuff, it's going to scare them pretty quickly, right? So the, they don't get a chance to get the heart of a warrior because they're burned that quick. So I have to be careful about it, but you look for who's hungry. When you're passionate, you can see passion in other people. You know what I mean? When you burn for something, you can see it in other people. It's like when you're buying a car, and you look... And you start looking for a Toyota Corolla. You see them everywhere, right? Like, I didn't know there were so many Toyota Corollas. It's when you start to look for something that you find it. The more specific you are, uh, the easier it is to attract people. So we're going to go into the how part, the, the three factors. So this is, this is the scalable uh, model that we'll use uh, of how to run your men's ministry. So we talked about the what, we talked about the why, the how. Like I said, it's the vehicle that you use. What model and color and engine size vehicle is up to you. Okay, let me use that analogy, right? So the vehicle are these three things. Connection, growth, and the awe factor. And I'm going to break those down a little bit. But how you connect with the men is up to you and God. How you grow the men is up to you and God. The way that you expose the Holy Spirit to men is up to you and God. So if you want to use a Mustang that's purple and, and fast, go for it. If you want to use a Dodge pickup that's, that's you know, got 35s underneath of it and it's 6-inch suspension lift, go for it. So all of those are customizable. So with connection, uh, the, the best way of connection is, is with, through relationships. Right, So you connect to a man in a moment. I mean, that's, that's how relationships happen. But for men especially, there's a moment when a man realizes in his head, I could be friends with this guy. You know what I mean? Whether it's, whether it's something in common, whether it's a passion, there's a moment that that happens. So what you're trying to do as men's ministry, you're trying to cultivate an atmosphere where men can have that moment. So what you're, you're looking for authenticity, right? You're looking for, for just... Just a straight up guys to be able to be honest. You're looking for them to be able to talk. Right? Those tough guys we, we talk about, they don't like to talk. So what do they say? If, uh, if you want someone to dive in the pool, you've got to dive first. Right? And however deep you dive, guys will follow how deep you dive. Right? So creating those atmospheres where they can be authentic and they can be real. So the relationships can be built. Uh, for, us, for, for us in our ministry, uh, we do that through small groups. Um, so we do like a once a month, uh, our ministry is called the Brotherhood. 
And uh, we do a once a month meeting where we get together, we'll do a little worship, we'll do a message, and then we break into small groups. And those are three to five guys. Uh, we have a leader, give them questions, and they go through and they just talk. And uh, it takes a little bit to get small groups going. But once you get that atmosphere, right? So it helps to have a leader because their job is to get the guys to say something, right? So you get. So for us, that's how we do it. We do small groups. Here's our goal for small groups. Two things. Talked about it in Acts. When people got together, there was authenticity and they left glad that they were there. The two things. You could talk about a book. You could talk about a curriculum. But the two things that it talked about in Acts was that they would be authentic so they were real about what they were talking about and they were glad they were there. So if you can get guys to get together and be real and glad that they came, you're going to have a successful small group. So for us, that's, that's the way we do our small group. It happens in a moment. So whether it's on trips, uh, whether you do sports together, we just had a group of guys that did a uh, late night um, soccer, indoor soccer team. And then there's moments like that where, where guys are, are, are hanging out or they're playing sports together or they're doing something. They realize, hey, these guys aren't so bad. The, the guys I grew up with, you know, Christian guys in the church, they were a little weird. But these guys, these guys are cool. I can see myself hanging out with these guys. Uh, whether it's on outings or services. I mean, it's, it's totally do- doable during services. When, when a man, you know, is praying with another guy and they, they, you know, they get that connection moment. So you're, you're trying to cultivate these moments. Uh, the second part is growth. So this happens through uh, challenges um, and then consistency through trials. So challenges are just, hey, you know, are you challenging your guys? The way that we do it for our men's ministry is I call it the discipleship tree. So essentially, uh, I start with I started with about five guys. So I had these five guys, and then I would text them once a week. And I started, it was just really organic, right? So I was like, Lord, how do I connect these guys? How do I start discipling them? Because, I mean, that's, that's a legit question in your church is, I, I may not know everyone, right? But I want to get on a relationship where I can pour into these guys' lives. How do, I, how do I cultivate that relationship? Like, that's difficult to do. So the Lord showed me this. He's like, well, just pray. Or he said, just start, just cultivate enough relationship that you can text them. So we started, you know, just that kind of thing. And then he said, I just want you to pray for them and tell them that you're praying for them. Okay, so once a week, I would text them. Hey man, just praying for you this week. It started out really not, non-threatening, okay? Because we, we get over-spiritual sometimes, right? Oh, the Lord just said you need to repent. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, and the, the guy's like, dude, I just met you yesterday and I gave you my phone number. Can I have it back? You know what I mean? Like, they, they don't want any more. So, I, it started really, really, really small. And I, so these five guys, and I actually started with a little bit more. These, I already, from past relationship, had built. But the ones that we had started. So we started with just, hey, I'm praying for you this week. And once you start to get a response, you're not going to get a response from everybody. Right? Not everybody's going to be on board. But you're sowing those seeds. So anyways... So those five guys, once you start getting the text back, dude, that's, I so appreciate that. Hey man, thanks for doing that. Then you start building on it a little bit. And I did, so each week I would build on it a little bit until I got to where I had about 15 guys on the text message. And I would just sit down and say, alright Lord, what do you want to say to them this week? And I'm, some of the stuff that would come out was so cool. Hey, I want you to, uh, hey men of God, this week, and so I built enough relationship where they, start to, they started to hear the spiritual aspect. Right to our relationship, 
And they started to appreciate what was happening and they weren't scared away. Okay? Say what? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they were opening up more. And it got to where, so I, I think it, over about, uh, I think it was over about 10 weeks that we started from, hey dude, I'm praying for you, to I had like 15 guys on one text group, and then another 15 guys on another text group, and got to where I was giving weekly challenges of reading their word, praying for a certain period of time, certain amount of push-ups, certain amount of steps they had to accomplish that day. And it was like these little challenges as they were going along. But it built over time. We get way too hasty with this kind of stuff, right? A new guy comes in the church. He's got a little bit of a zeal. He's got a little twinkle in his eye. Hey, God, do something in my life. And we throw way too much on him way too fast, right? So take time. Because here's the thing. Ultimately, you want to be able to pour into their lives. But if they feel like all you want them for is to come to church and to, to pay, your, pay their tithe, and attend every men's, men's ministry meeting you have, and you're not willing to pour into them outside of that, they're going to catch on to that. I'm, I'm telling you, I heard this the other day, and it's so true. Men's ministry is one of the most difficult ministries to do. Why? Because men have the most demand on their time. And Satan knows that. <laughs> Why is it hard to get them to commit? Because Satan knows that men have a, a demand on their time. And if a man in our culture today gets a demand on his time from work or his family, he will put those things before God. I'm all about family being, being a priority. But if a man is not a son first, before he's a father, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. If he's not a son to God first, he, he will fail, ultimately fail at being a father. He'll fail at being a husband. He'll fail at being an employee. There's got to be the God factor first. So anyways, this is how we started. And then obviously, tree aspect, you know where this is going from here, right? So then once they get to a place, and that's your judgment, once they get to a place, then they pick, hey, I want you to pray about, I want you to pick three to five guys that you can start this with. And it does. It starts out very small. Hey, dude, I'm praying for you this week. And some guys, you're like, come <laughs> Hey, thanks. And that's all the response you get. And it doesn't really go anywhere. And then some, we had one week, uh, normally it was like the whole group. I had one week, I sat down and the Lord, there was 15 guys on this text, and the Lord gave me a word to speak to every single one of them. It was, once, it was once a relationship was developed, but it was a Holy Spirit word to speak into their lives. And some of them I'm like, dude, I don't even know if this guy's struggling with this, but this is what I'm hearing and I can't tell you the response. Like that, that was a boost, right? So that took it, that went further faster than just the, the daily text or, or the weekly text. That was like a moment where guys were like, dude, there's something going on here. Like, there's something to this God thing. There, there's something to the, this, spiritual, this spiritual thing. So, that's, what, that's one of the things we use. Um, steal it, take it, make it yours, call it yours. Say you came up with it, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> but that's what we use for us uh, to be able to bring in new guys, get them comfortable, invite them to stuff. Um, I don't, I intentionally don't invite to events from this thing. Because I don't want guys to feel that pressure. And that when they see you in church the next time, oh man, he invited me to that. He's invited me three times and I've not done it yet. Because then it makes it awkward. I don't want to talk to him now because I, I feel awkward. I feel bad that I told him no. So I don't invite 
from this discipleship tree. I keep that out of there. I don't pollute it with that. Um, so with challenges, obviously you can do, so we did, like I said, we did the push-ups and, and steps they had to do. Uh, prayer, we would do like, hey, this week go, go buy your, your significant other a gift, uh, write her a note, you know, tell her something. And uh, so it, it worked really well. I mean, the guys responded well to it. You get them back, dude, I'm on, you know, I'm on this challenge. I'm all about this, you know what I mean? And then they start challenging each other and whatnot. And then guys start challenging me. And I'm like, no, 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 slow down. Okay, that's... <laughs> Uh, consistency through trials. When you start developing these kind of relationships, you'll get guys that go through stuff. And when they know they can trust you in a moment like this, and they know, hey, this guy was praying for me when something wasn't going wrong. This guy was investing into me when I was normal. And I wasn't offering anything to him. When they see that and they realize that relationship, they're going to come when when it's hard. They're going to come when something's going on. The awe factor. This has slapped me in the face in the last two months more than it has ever slapped me in the face before. Um, how do you keep those hard guys to get? How do you keep those, those tough guys? How do, you, how do you attract those guys that have a ton of things going on in their life because they are, they are top five leaders, they are you know, leaders in their, their job, they're CEOs... <coughs> There's got, guys, there has to be an awe factor to what you're doing. There has to be a factor of, as a man sits down in his home, if there's, there's something I can't get on my own. So yeah, you can get the Holy Spirit at home. But I'm telling you, when you get a group of guys together, right? If we, did, if we just closed our books right now and just spent the rest of the time, there's something, I can feel it right now, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. There's something that happens when a group of men get together and seek the face of God. Two months ago, we started this. Uh, once, we were going to do it once a month. And I got, I got a group of guys, we did it for two, two hours. And some of these guys had never been in anything like this before. I come from the ramp, like I said, it's Pentecostal South, so I'm used to... Um, <laughs> anyways, so... I, I, I was reading in a book, it's uh, The Covenant of War, I think. It, it's all about David and his mighty men. And he called, he called this group of 30 guys, the 30, is what he called them. I'm like, dude, I'm taking that right now. Like, so I took it and I, I, I got these 30 guys together. I just prayed, Lord, who do you want me to pick? So I, I get these 30 guys. I write this, this letter that describes what the 30 is, what we're going to do. Hey, we're going to get together once a month. We're just going to seek the face of God. We're going to let the Holy Spirit flow. I'm not going to come in with an agenda. So I give this letter out, and I had 15 guys show up the first time. Oh, my gosh. I, I said, Lord, what, what am I going to be able to teach some of these guys that have been Christians longer than I've been alive? What do I have to offer, God? What in the world am I going to tell them that they've not already heard or preached themselves? He said, Tony, I don't want you to have an agenda. And what he showed me, he said, Tony, I know, even just right now in this room, I know every single heart in that room. I know what word every one of those hearts needs to hear. I don't know that. I don't need to know that. (laughs) He said, everyone that shows up, I know exactly what they need to hear. So let me do it. 
So we get in there, and I'm telling you right now, I said, all right, Holy Spirit, come on, come on, Holy Spirit. We, for two hours, guys came to me after, like, dude, did we really, did you move the clock? Like, was that really two hours? The words that came forward, the purity in it. Here's the cool thing. When you get guys that are inexperienced in that, you have to be the teacher. Okay? And you teach in that moment. But the cool thing is like hands-on learning. Like, hey, you feel that right now? Like the Spirit's moving. This is what we're going to do in response to that. So we just took it as a, a learning uh, experience, a safe place for them. If, the, if you hear a word from God, hey, bring it forward and we're going to test it. Right? We're going to have you say it. And if you say it and it, it, it hits with what's going on, we're going to pray into it. Because there's a power in those moments to be able to pray into those things that God brings forth in the Spirit. So essentially what we're doing is we're connecting to heaven. Hey, we're going to sit and be a portal for heaven to just download on earth. Right? So we did it for two hours. The God just blew, blew me away. I was, most of the time I was crying in the corner because I'm like, God, I can't believe you're doing this right now. This is amazing. Some of these guys have never experienced this before. Now we did scare one guy away because we were speaking in tongues. But he was Methodist background. So we're still praying for him. Anyways. <laughs> That's why you've got to be careful about who you invite to those. You know what I mean? Because some guys are ready and some guys are not ready. Your goal, obviously, is that they're all there. So we did it again this last month. We did it last Sunday night. And I was like, all right, Lord, let's see if you could top what you did last time. Right? So 20 guys show up. So this is like the 15 show up and then they start inviting others. And I told them, I said, guys, I want, I'm not going to invite anyone else. You guys are going to invite them. And this is a group of guys that are saying yes to being warriors. Okay? They're saying yes to this atmosphere. They're saying yes to this a little bit higher calling. So that you can, you can, when, you, when they're there and they're committed, you can ask things like this out of them. So, all right, guys, I'm, I'm going to let you do it. But it's on your ability to decide that they're ready for this. Because, like I said, this is, this is a different atmosphere. But not all the guys are ready for this. So I want you to be careful who you choose. But it, I, I trust you to do that. And so the next week we had 20 guys show up. And the same thing. Like, guys, I'm telling you, you will hear the enemy try to hit some of these dudes so hard. Like, I had, I had four guys the first night come to me like, man, I battled with this so much. I didn't think I was, I didn't think I, I could do this. I didn't think I could handle something like this. I, I, I just, I, I battled with whether I should be here or not. So right the second I walk in the door, man, it was just like confirmation I was supposed to be here. I was like, heck yeah, you're supposed to be here. Like, God's going to sit there and tell you, don't go to this group. You know, don't go to a place where we're going to cultivate the presence of God. Anyways, you don't have to do that, but I'm telling you right now, it is. It is. We're going to start doing it twice a month out of demand. If I can say that, there's a little nugget there. Don't start too much too fast. Let the men build up a desire to get together every week. To get to, so start it. Start a once a month thing. And let these guys start to see it. So we started this once a month, and the guys are like, hey, dude, can we do this more often? Of course, they're like, can we do this every day? I'm like, no, okay, look. <laughs> so obviously, you're, you're, you're building these things. You're trying to get them to do these things at home. But there is an aspect of getting together as men, right, as a group of men, and going after the face of God. So there's got to be an awe factor. How are you going to get those hard, those tough guys? You've got to have something that they cannot get on their own. You've, you've got to have that thing that when they taste it, they are going to come back for more. And guys, it's not going to be a party. It's not going to be. Uh, it's not going to be a sport activity. It's going to be the Holy Spirit. 
That's the, that, I mean, I say, it, I say it both ways. That's the only thing that we have that is the ultimate attractant. But at the same time, that's all we need. Right? Content. What do I teach? How are we doing on time? Okay. What do I teach? Uh, it's never been more important. Let me find, let me find the fill in. Hmm, I've got it somewhere. It's never been more important to define things practically in our society. I, I, student ministries have been nuts for this, but men as well. The men of this generation are coming up. I, I keep hearing this, that this is the most biblically illiterate generation yeah. ever. Yeah. Yeah. Like you say a story, like Jonah and the whale. What? What in the world? I'm like, are you serious? Like this goes back felt board. You know what I'm saying? Like this is like every Sunday morning before church, Sunday school. They just didn't have that. And parents are not teaching that. So as a men's ministry, please do all of us a favor and define this stuff. Because you say, dude, I want you to be a man of God. And they get excited. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's that mean? Like what is that? What do I have to do? Don't be afraid to get simple with some of this stuff. Uh, the other night, we just did a study on, on, the, uh, on, on the, uh, the Holy Spirit. And we just we looked in the Bible. Just, hey, what, who is the Holy Spirit? What does He do? What, did, what is His purpose? Why is He here for us? And we looked at this. And the conversation, like I'm seeing guys just like light bulbs coming on. And part of, part of me, it's, it's almost like a pride thing. It's like, man, I shouldn't have to sit here and do this. I'm a man of God. I'm a men's director. I shouldn't have to teach these guys this simple stuff. You see, you hear what I'm saying? If you're in men's ministry, that's from zero on. Don't be afraid to get super simple and define this stuff. If you're at all in student ministry, please, but men's ministry especially, define. Listen, so I wrote some things down here. Uh, so your second fill-in is this is the most biblically illiterate generation ever. Define things like manhood. I cannot tell you how many men have that wrong. So here, here's, here's, my, here's my definition of manhood. Manhood. He's able to determine, defend, and display your values and decisions according to the Bible and spiritual authority independent from other sources of resource. I'll read it again for you. Able to determine, defend, and display your values and decisions according to the Bible and spiritual authority independent from other sources of resource. Explain it. Define these things. Especially if you're in the, a lot of you guys are in the beginning stages of your ministry. Allow that to be time to define what, what ministry is. Define what a small group looks like. Define what manhood looks like. Some of the other ones, uh, define disciple. So here's my definition of disciple. Someone who chooses, this is, that's the key part. Right? Jesus went around and he said, hey, come follow me. But there was a moment when the disciple had to say, okay, I will. A lot of theologians say that the rich young ruler was supposed to be the 13th disciple, but he said no. 
So Jesus called it out in him. You're going to call it out in some people, but they have to choose to be discipled. Because the choosing of... So here's the the definition. Someone who chooses to be put to a process of correction and direction. They choose to learn and apply biblical lifestyle administered by a father. Define for them what a disciple is. Define for them manhood. Define salvation like basic Christianity. Define what it means to be a Christian. Define what salvation means, etc. Uh, so this next part is, this, this is for you to do kind of on your own time. Obviously the rest of those things is you can begin to create those. Um, but what are six to ten things that define you as a minister? That separates you from other people? So I'll, I'm going to read you off mine. These take time, right? But the idea is that if God's put you in a place, I talked about earlier, if He's put you in a place with men around you, He has something He's put inside of you that He wants put inside of them. Through who you are. Through your filter. Right? Through how you see God. So, for me, these are my six. Spiritual sensitivity. Everybody around me, that they would call me that, Right? So they see me being spiritually sensitive. So this is something that I realize, hey, God's put this inside of me, so this is something I need to teach those people around me. Diverse acceptance. Doesn't matter who you are. Intentional purpose. I want to be intentional about finding out what my purpose is, who I'm, spo- who I'm called to, what I'm called to do. I'm intentional about that. Authoritative faith. I hate pansy Christians. Good Lord, God gave us some authority. He says, can I preach a little bit? He says we are seated in Him. With right with Him. And I love that we're reading it, so we're reading about the Holy Spirit, right? He says, you should be glad, he's talking to disciples, you should be glad that I went to heaven, because now when I'm in heaven, I'm essentially reconnected with God. And he says, God is mightier and more powerful than me. Why would he say that? We're still here. He's all, all preceding to that. He said, you are seated with me. You are connected with me. You are the body. I'm the head. I don't walk up to Mr. Ed and say, hi, I'm Tony's head. Hi, I'm Tony's body. It's the same thing. It's, there's a connection that we have to Jesus. So there's a faith and authority that we're supposed to be walking in that a lot of people don't. And when he says, see my kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. He, there, listen, you can read the Bible and know the will of God. You can know that God wants people to be healed. You can know that God wants people to be saved. We don't have to ask Him about that. So what do we do in those moments? Use some authoritative faith. And pray and believe. And see His glory. Jesus' name. Kingdom stewardship is my last one. I'm a business guy. I love the financial aspect of it. I think there's so much more biblical aspect to finances than people give God credit for. I think he's the best businessman that's ever been. Ever been. He's, the, he's the wisest person that there ever has been. He's the smartest. He's got the best ideas. He's got the most innovative ideas. If you want to be a business person, you sit in, in your closet, in your prayer room, and let God download ideas to you, and they will be above the curve. He is the smartest man. That has ever lived. And yet, isn't it funny how often we try to do it on our own? It's like we're DIY Christians. You know what I'm saying? God, I, that was, I'm actually going to probably talk about that uh, 
I'm, I'm preaching here in a couple weeks, and this morning on the way here, that DIY thing got dropped in. It was like, how often do we try to do it on our own? Uh, how I would have sat there and tried to do this prayer group by something I had done before, or something I'd seen someone else do, but because I was able to sit and just listen and say, Lord, what do you want to do with this? He said, Tony, I don't want you to have an agenda. I want you to let me do it. The outcome would not have been the same if I would have tried to do it on my own. So those are my six. Spiritual sensitivity, diverse acceptance, intentional purpose, influential individuality. Oh, I forgot that one. Influential individuality. Every one of us has a, a call in our lives to be individual in, what, in where we are, who we are, and God designed us that way. Authoritative faith and kingdom stewardship. So those are, my, those are my six. So you can have six, you can have five, you can have ten. Those are things that, that God has put inside of you and developed inside of you. That when you hear a verse about something like that, some light bulb pops on. Right? Uh, the, first, the first men's prayer night we had, uh, one of the guys, he just kept repeating this. It was really funny. He's like, guys, guys, we are made in his image. I'm like, bro, yeah, I know. Dude, no, 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 no. We are made in his image. I'm like, yeah, I've heard that verse before. And dude, he's like walking around. He's like, we're, we're, I'm made in his image. In that moment, in the presence of God, that came alive to him. Why, why do we get these prayer groups together? Why do, we, why do we do this awe factor? Because when we get in that, God can make things come alive to people. That awe factor, that I can't manufacture that inside of him. I could read that verse to him 455 times. And you walk away, yeah, I'm made in his image. But when he, he's going to have trouble explaining that to people for the rest of his life. But that will also be a pinnacle of his ministry in the future. One day he's going to be preaching, you, we are made in his image. And you're going to see a passion inside of him that he cannot explain why that verse is so pivotal to him. Oh, it was, it was so cool. So cool. So what are those things that God has put inside of you that will define who you are in your ministry? So at the bottom there you see the, the what, the why, the how. Uh, those are the connection. So you know what ways are you going to connect with the guys? What ways are you going to help grow the guys? And what ways are you going to use the off factor? And the last is just who you're going after. So hopefully today you'd be able to leave this a little bit and say, uh, if you're creating or you're building, hey, if you're building, this is a great time too to kind of just set your structure. Say, hey, here's the foundation we're going to build on. And as far as expanding, I hope maybe you got some ideas for today uh, as far as that. But that's what we'll open up questions for. Um, Okay. What you got? Did I I answer the questions that were asked? Anybody else? Go ahead. What you got? How do you... Can you use this model when you're trying to grow young men? Young men? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you just do it a little differently. So with the men, you can you can put more responsibility on them. Um, so like we do our prayer group, for instance. I do a student the same way, a group the same way. In that, I'm teaching more in that, right? So the men are the men are a little bit more developed. They catch on faster. You know what I mean? Their their hunger you can see a little bit different. So the students are a little bit crazier. You got to kind of reel them in a little bit more. But as far as structure wise, absolutely. I do this with my student ministry. I have I have the six or six values that those are things that we we teach in our ministry. When a student leaves my ministry after four years of being in high school, he'll walk away and he'll know those six things. Those those will be burned inside of him. 
But young men, absolutely. And with them, you start them early. Dude, heck yeah. Dude, in those prayer groups, the, the younger they are, it's almost like the more receptive to the Holy Spirit they are. Because they don't have a lot of that crap that's, you know, that's been brainwashed to them over time of who, who they think the Holy Spirit is. Absolutely. Yeah. What if you have uh, men who um, have been in the church for a while or who are influential men who maybe don't necessarily support the same why of the men's men's ministry? So how do you deal with, you know, either leadership or with those men to get them to, you know, Right. Well, I think it, one one thing that depends there is if the pastor has asked you to do the men's ministry or he's asked them to do the men's ministry, right? Because if he's asked you, go for it, bro. Let them do what they're going to do. They're, they may sit on the sidelines, but once they start to see the fruit from something, they're going to be like, dude, okay, maybe my pride needs to be let down. Maybe not. Maybe they never come, unfortunately. You know what I'm saying? But if the pastors ask you to do it, I'd say go for it. You go to them and say, hey, speak to that though. Speak to those things in them. Hey, you are an influencer in this church. I would love to see you on board. Are there some ideas that you'd have? So try to get the buy-in there. But if, if they're just not, and they're going to be this, you know, stuck up, hey, this is my group of guys, you can have that group of guys, because they're not, you know, I don't know them very well yet, and they're established in the church, I, I don't think you're going to do a whole lot with that until you start to see, <laughs> until, until one of their guys right. sees something right. and breaks off, says, huh, what's this? <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's hooked, right? And he's got the off factor going on. And they slowly start... And you'll see that that facade of men's ministry break down over here as as yours really starts to take off. Like I think it comes down to who who the pastor has to do it. You know what I mean? So who's who's got the spiritual backing of the church? It's true though. You get those 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 hierarchies. Absolutely. Anybody else? Do what? More, I said more times than not. Yeah. <laughs> Sir. You said that you don't use your discipleship tree to invite guys, what do you do, what kind of methods have you found that have been, that have worked to invite guys and give them stuff? Personal invites are invaluable, man. Oh, personal invites are invaluable. So those those five guys, dude, go, go ask those people. You know, so, so these five, after develop a relationship, I don't do it through the text message. I, when I talk to them, hey bro, hey, we've got this thing coming up, you might enjoy it. it Definitely, you have to be careful though. I, I think if you're going into the relationship knowing you want to be sensitive about that, you're going to be. You're going to be sensitive about not over-inviting people. You don't want them to feel secluded, but you don't want them to feel like every time I see this guy, he invites me to the stinking group again. You want to develop enough relationship where they ask you about it. Hey, you got a men's group? Dude, when is that? I'll tell you when it is. You know what I mean? So you, you change the uh, the approach. They're, they start coming to you because of the fruit we talked about. You know what I mean? Dude, I heard. <laughs> so this that 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 thirty group is uh, it's by invite by invite only. It's not on social media anywhere. It's very kind of hush. So I've got a couple guys coming like, dude, are you got a prayer group? I'm like, yeah, bro. <laughs> 
are you ready for this? Like, I want them. Like, are you sure you're ready for this? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry if you get offended. And I usually tell them that before they come. But you, you, I, so I don't use the text part. Because that, that also becomes a little bit um, factory, I guess, if you will. Like, uh, yeah, like the only reason he texted me is because he wants me to come to his group. I mean, so I don't use the, the text form to invite. Uh, otherwise, if we're having like an event coming, a lot of times I won't invite to the normal group. But if we're doing, um, if we're doing like a special, like a sports thing or something like that, something that's going to be fun, something they're going to enjoy, uh, that they, you know, they would visibly. I say that. How do I say that? I know they'll enjoy it once they get hooked in, but they need to feel like they'll enjoy it just by seeing the invite. Dude, you're going to do a sports night? That sounds cool. You know what I mean? So you just have to be sensitive about that and that you are really looking for a relationship with them and not just trying to get them to come to your group. And two, when you do something, like we do the once a month, the Brotherhood once a month, that's like our general, our general group. Um, I, don't, I invite guys to that, but being that it's once a month, I don't have to invite them that often. So I'll see a guy three or four times at a church, at the church service, and then maybe at the third of every fourth time, hey bro, we've got our... our group coming up and let it be something that's just kind of brushed by hey we got our group coming up it's you know we get together we do a message tell them what they're going to do and then go and then end the conversation not with the invite you know what i mean end it with ending is something whatever you know sport, sports teams whatever anybody else did that answer your question yeah cool we have such a diverse Mostly elders. In okay. Church, you know, and then we've got some younger guys that are coming in, 20s, 30s. How do we get, how do we fill in that gap? You want to find fathers of different ages. Okay. So find a 30-year-old guy that burns for, for spiritual fatherhood. Like, that's going to be able to pour into those. I think a lot of churches, if we, guys, I'm telling you, if, if we can get this right, where you bring in a young generation pastor and an old generation pastor, and all generations are being fed underneath the same roof, and they can coexist, I think that's what, that's what the kingdom looks like. But we so fight that with pride. We so fight that with our group is cooler, our group is newer, our group has to be doing these things, that those don't mesh well. So you find somebody that has that heart, and you let them go after that older group, and then you yourself or a younger guy, you find that guy and him go after the younger guys. Don't, don't try. In our, in our brotherhood meetings on the once a month, we get that older to younger. But when we break into small groups, we try to collect, collect them, yeah, intentionally set them with people. Because if they're sitting by an 18-year-old kid, he's, the guy's 55 years old, he's got, he's got an 18-year-old kid, you know what I mean? And he's, he feels like he's doing youth ministry in that moment. So you, you want to be intentional about, attract those guys, but you, you attract who you are. I'm naturally not going to go attract a six-year-old a guy that you know has a family because I've got my first kid on the way. Like I'm not there yet. I can't tell him about parenting. Like I feel stupid preaching about parenting before I'm a parent. It's like doing marriage counseling before I was even married. That's retarded. Sorry. Anyways, what, did that answer your question? So find an older and a younger father. Anybody else? Good. All right, let me, let me pray for you real quick. <clears throat> Holy Spirit.
Holy Spirit, I, I pray right now. If, you, if you'd receive this, guys, receive it in your heart. God, I speak over this room an awe factor. God, that when they walk into meetings, when they walk into to prayer rooms, God, when they walk into time of just listening to Your Word about what You want for their men's ministry, God, I, I speak a reviving Holy Spirit over their groups, over their times together. God, that the men in their groups would taste of something that they cannot get anywhere else. God, as we are in a place and a time in, in culture where, where men are under attack, God, the time that they have, their priorities are under attack, their hearts are under attack, their attention's under attack. God, let them taste of something in these groups that are represented here today of a tangible Holy Spirit that they can walk through their lives with and carry a power with them given to them on high from their position as a son. God, to carry it in Jesus' name. Wow. God, as they walk out of here today, Lord, I pray that You inspire their pens. I pray that You inspire their keyboards as they just sit and start, and start hashing this stuff out. Holy Ghost and fire. That they start hashing these things out and building these structures to hold what You're trying to pour out onto them. God, I pray for, for individuality as they create these structures. God, that their, that their filter, God, that who they are as a man of God, the passions You put inside of them, that it pours out. It seeps out of the pores of their ministry. That they aren't afraid, God, to let their individuality show through their ministries. You have placed them there. God, You have placed each of these men where You have, in the location in Ohio, in the place in their church, underneath the pastor they are. God, even if they're having troubles with that pastor today, God, and they're walking with a frustration, Lord, let them know that they're there for a season to learn and to carry weight at that church, to carry weight in that ministry. And God, whatever that weight looks like, whether it's ugly or pretty, God, let them carry it with strong shoulders and a mighty heart. Jesus. Jesus, Holy Spirit, equip them right now to do the work that You have. Lord, I cannot wait to hear the testimonies of the men that are affected by the ministries represented in this room. God, we bless You. Lord, we bless You with our hearts today. We bless You with our servanthood to our our head pastors today. God, we bless You with the servanthood to our wives today. God, let us be first that example that these men need to see and hear. Jesus, and if we can't live that out, God, let us peacefully step down. God, not that we are perfect, but we are striving for perfection. I bless each and every one of the men in this room. God, let anything that You've poured onto me, God, whatever whatever little it is, Lord, let it be just shared with everyone in this room. God, let my passion somehow be, 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 be passed along, Lord, and let it may have sparked something inside of them today. Jesus, Jesus, God, we bless You with our ministries. We bless You with our lives. God, we bless You with our thoughts. We bless You with our hearts. We bless You with our yes, Jesus. In Your precious name we pray. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. If you have any questions, uh, my email is at the top of that sheet underneath of the title. So be, feel free to contact and ask whatever you got.